tonight from the Old Testament book of 2 Kings, chapter 13, verses 14 through 19. 2 Kings 13, verse, verse 14. Now Elisha was fallen sick of his sickness, whereof he died. And Joash, the king of Israel, came down unto him and wept over his face and said, O oh, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel, and the horsemen thereof. And Elisha said unto him, Take bow and arrows. And he took unto him bow and arrows. And he said to the king of Israel, Put thine hand upon the bow. And he put his hand upon it. And Elisha put his hands upon the king's hands. And he said, Open the window eastward. And he opened it. Then Elisha said, Shoot. And he shot. And he said, The arrow of the Lord's deliverance, and the arrow of deliverance from Syria. For thou shalt smite the Syrians in Aphek, till thou have consumed them. And he said, Take the arrows. And he took them. And he said unto the king of Israel, Smite upon the ground. And he smote thrice and stayed. And the man of God was wroth with him, and said, Thou shouldest have smitten five or six times, then hadst thou smitten Syria, till thou hadst consumed it. Whereas now thou shalt smite Syria but thrice. I've read this passage of Scripture many times since I was young, and honestly, I've wondered about it. It seems like the conversation between Elisha and, and the king seemed to be a little bit out of the norm. Did you pick up on that? And it is a little bit compelling. And then we have the activity or the object lesson with the bow and arrows. And I, I really do find that interesting and intriguing. But the the story itself and the way it's framed here in Scripture, and, and I think there's got to be more to than what I'm just reading. There's got to be a backstory or some background here. And we can look into the New Testament in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, and we can get a little bit of context. I'll, I'll read that verse. God, who at sundry times, we can say various times, and in diverse manners, spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets. And we can see that God was involved here with the king of Israel, the northern kingdom of Israel. And God was using his man, the prophet Elisha, to talk to the king and to, to work on King Joash. We find that the king was really not in sync with Elisha or with God. It didn't seem like he was on the same page. His life was not aligned to God's will or even Old Testament commandments. But the king knew some history. Uh, the chariot and horseman comments that uh, he said were the uh, the same words that Elisha exclaimed some 40 
plus years prior to this time when Elisha witnessed Elijah being caught up into heaven in a chariot of fire in a whirlwind. History, I, I find, is interesting to study. And history can be uh, beneficial when we learn from its lessons and apply them. History, even in this case, can point us to the fact that God is actively at work in the present, in the here and now. We can learn that from history. We read that the king Joash wept over Elisha. And knowing the scripture, what it says about the king, we question the sincerity, the sincerity of Joash. Just a few verses prior to uh, where we read, we see that the Bible says that Joash was not a godly king. In fact, it says that he did evil in the sight of the Lord. It says that he did not cease from the sin that Jeroboam brought about in the northern kingdom of Israel, the idol worship. It says that Joash walked in those ways. So we question his sincerity. It says that he cried over Elisha. Over the last year or two, my wife and I have had the great opportunity to babysit our, our little granddaughters. And, um, and every week, every week, one comes and then a couple days later, uh, the other one comes. And, and every now and then we have them all together. And, and it's just a great time. And, uh, but I want to say that sometimes there's tears. And sometimes there's crocodile tears. And I had forgotten how big crocodile tears were. And I'd forgotten that they really work on me, too. But they don't work with Grandma so much. I don't, we don't have, uh, 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 we don't know how Elisha responded to this. He, he doesn't address it, the tears of the king words of the king. He, he didn't seem to even acknowledge it. And then we have the, the interesting object lesson with the bow and arrows. And, and object lessons are good. A, a lot of people can learn uh, from object lessons. It, it can make something difficult to learn easier to understand. And perhaps, I'm sure, that's why God chose uh, that route. Here, some time ago, I'll talk about my granddaughter again. We heard that she was going to be singing a special in Sunday school. And, you know, Sunday school is on Zoom, so we watched that. And, uh, and then we watched some more of it. And they do object lessons. I kind of forgot about that. And what has really stuck out to me about that is they will go through the memory verse, they'll have the whole verse in writing, and then they'll take down one word, and they'll say, let's say it again. Then they'll take down a couple more words, and before you know it, a lot of the words are gone, and you have to really think. 
object lessons are beneficial like that. I haven't told anybody, but we've been going to Sunday school in the beginner's department for quite a while now. We find it really, really interesting. We see that the king was instructed to aim the arrow out the window. And Elisha put his hand on the king's hand. An arrow flew off in the distance. And a promise was given. And now we're starting to see what uh, this was all about. God was giving a promise uh, to this king. A promise of deliverance from the enemy of Syria. In fact, the words that were specifically given said that Israel would consume uh, the enemy. And the second part of that object lesson was the arrows that the king was told to take in his hands. And Elisha said, hit the ground with those arrows. And this was more of a lesson to see what was in the king's heart. How invested was the king in, in God's plan here for deliverance for Israel? How badly, we might say, did the king want it? How much did he want God to work uh, for Israel? How much did the king want this? And he was told to take the arrows, and as a demonstration of his desire, it was a demonstration of what was in his heart. He was to take the arrows and hit the ground. And I could imagine that you would just really go overboard in a situation like that. But the king hit the ground three times. Only three times. And he stopped. And Elisha was angry. He was angry at the less than enthusiastic response. And he told him that there's a price to pay for your lack of enthusiasm. And we could also say for his lack of faith, for his lack of unbelief, God had manifested himself to him already in this meeting with Elisha. And he knew that God was at work, the promise that was given to him, and he held back. Elisha was not happy with that. I read where someone said, I believe this is a, a motivational speaker, so this is not a Bible quote. It says that we, he said that we have three choices in life. Give up. Give in. Or give it your all. Joash didn't give it his all. And he had every reason to do that. I remember several years ago, my wife and I were on vacation. We were traveling. We were over in Seville, Spain. And we were in the old part of that city. It's, it's a hundred, well, many hundreds of years old. And and the tourists were, were wandering around, and I, I noticed them. They were going in and out of this old Catholic church, and it was a spectacular building. And I said, Meryl, let's, let's go check this out. And, and we went in there, and, and there's a lot of beautiful paintings. And, and uh, I remember there were some skeletons on the wall, and, and I don't know too much.
much about that. And, and, and I saw up uh, in one corner at the front of this church, there was a, a group of people gathered around looking at something. And, and I walked up there to see uh, what it was. And uh, there was a little glass case that had a person's hand in it. Uh, well, this is really unusual. And it was a skeleton hand. It was a bony hand. Well, I, I looked into that a little bit, and I learned that uh, the Catholic Church at times would send parts of a person's body out to other churches, venerated saints that were hundreds and hundreds of years old. And somehow, some way, that was an encouragement uh, to the people. In our church, we send out the whole person. And we're thankful for that. See, God works with the whole person. And God wants the whole person to give his whole heart as he serves the Lord. God is interested in the complete person. He is pleased when we present ourselves a a living sacrifice unto God. He doesn't want the part of us that is dead or not interested. He doesn't want that from us. He wants us to be alive unto Christ. And He wants us to present ourselves as a living sacrifice. We can be useful if we're living for Christ. If we are dead to Christ, we might still be alive, but if we're not serving the Lord with our whole heart, we're not in God's will. Really, we're not fully alive. We want to be alive in Christ. That verse there in Romans 12:1 says that a living sacrifice is holy and acceptable to God. This is acceptable to God. And He will bless us when we offer ourselves that way. We will be victorious as Christians when we are completely offered, our whole heart laid out before God for His use, for His will. There at the end of that second chapter, of Kings there at the at the end of that second Kings fourteen tells us that King Joash was victorious in battle against the Syrian army three times. Three times. One would argue, well three times is better than no times. And I suppose there's a little bit of logic to that. But how do you measure how do you quantify what he could have had? He could have had complete victory. What was the price that was paid for the king's actions? We don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us. The Syrians came in and invaded that northern area of Israel. I looked at a map. They came way down into Israel, took over cities. I'm sure it was more than just an inconvenience for the Israelites that lived there. How do we measure that kind of loss when we are not fully given to the Lord? Our heart is not completely His. 
in the margin of uh, my study Bible that I look at it, it says lost opportunity. For King Joash, the opportunity that God offered to him was just completely gone, vanished. It was irretrievable. God is merciful. Uh, He's here tonight. If we have wasted time, God knows that. And he's dealing with us right now. He's pointing that out. He says, give me your heart, your whole heart. I want all of you. May God help us to see what he's offering to us tonight. May your eyes be open to the, to the blessings that can be ours, the victory that can be ours. May God help us to give him our whole heart. God bless you.